0: Good to see all of you, and as Chris said, uh, if you're here visiting with us today, I want to welcome you in a very special way. It's great to have you here with us, and uh, I want to give a shout out today to all of our Chinese friends, And, and wish you a happy new year. Yesterday was the Chinese, oh, Monday, sorry, Monday, not yesterday, not today, tomorrow, Okay, it's the year of the dragon. Okay, I don't know what that means, but somebody told me it's a really good thing. Okay? So I want to give a shout out to all of our, our Chinese friends that are here today and brothers and sisters. But uh, as already has been shared, we're, we're in the middle of a series, right smack in the middle of it. It's called Simple. And uh, one of the things that we talked about last week that uh, we, we, we looked at is that... Uh, People who were unlike Jesus were liked by Jesus. And Jesus liked people who were nothing like Him. So if you're nothing like Jesus, you're in good company. And there's, there's hope for you. And, and one of the things, the reason why we, we really wanted to do this, uh, this series is because Jesus came to make things simple. He came to make things simple in the sense of how to get to know God, who He is, how He is, what He's all about. And, and what we hit on last week is that Jesus extended, not a, not a teaching, but an invitation to follow. Follow Me. And we're going to look at a passage, one of Jesus' followers, one of the guys that Jesus talked to about following Him was John. And John in particular was one of the 12 that was very very close to Jesus. In fact, some would argue that he was the closest to Jesus. And the reason is when Jesus left was about to leave the earth, he was dying on the cross for our sins, when he was about to leave the earth, he told John, he said, "John, I want you to take care of my mom." And not just look after her, he said, "John, this is your mother." Mom This is your son. That's a description of a very... You wouldn't just give... In most cases, you wouldn't just give your mom to just anybody to take care of, right? I mean, especially if you had a good relationship with your mom. You'd want somebody special to take care of her, right? And that's what what John said. But John was one of Jesus' followers. And we're going to listen to what John said, what he said about Jesus. And it says here, For the law was given through Moses... Grace and truth came through Jesus, so we understand. You got in the in the Bible, you've got the Old and New Testament. The Old Testament was the old contract, and John is saying Jesus brought in something new. So you got Moses and you know the Ten Commandments and when he had the staff and the Red Sea and all that. You you know about that, right? You got that, and then but then Jesus brought in something new, and it says here Jesus brought what. Grace and truth. They came through Jesus Christ. And no one has ever seen God. Remember, John is saying this. No one has ever seen God. But God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made Him what? Known. So John, after, after he had hung with Jesus, he was hanging with Jesus, he equates Jesus with Who? He says it right here with God. I mean, imagine you get that close to somebody and you're, you know them, and then you would say, I'm, I'm more convinced. Because usually when you get closer to somebody, you're less convinced that they're God, right? Maybe some of us are saying, I thought you were a Christian, but now it confirms it, right? Not in this case. Because Jesus was, or John was with Jesus, guess what he said about him? You're God, Jesus. You're God's son. I equate you with God, and that's a powerful statement. And so today this is, this is a description of what what was on John's heart. He believed in Jesus all in and we're going to talk about that today. Today's part two. last week we talked about following, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but today we're going to key in on believing. You can see from this, this passage right here that John just didn't you know kind of like Jesus. he completely believed in who Jesus was and is. So as, as we uh, look at it, Jesus came into the world to die for our sins. We all know that. Anybody who's had any familiarity with, with Christianity, we know that Jesus came to die for our sins. He also came to make God known. And it says that in that passage that we just looked at. That He came here to make God known. And Jesus' ministry in life was all about helping people understand who God is. And just like today, exactly like today, people were confused about what God is like. They had all these ideas. How do I talk to God? What can I expect from Him? Why does He do this? Why does He do that? If He's good, then why this? Why that? And a lot of people are confused about God today. They don't know what to think. And see, God saw that confusion. He saw that gap. He says, I'm going to close that gap. And I'm going to send my Son so that people will know exactly how I am. And so that's why one of the main reasons that Jesus came was to help us know who God is. And, you know, just like today, people had lots and lots of questions. Covering up my screen here, Ted. Nice jacket, though. People had lots of questions. Lots of questions about about God. And and one of the things that that you're going to see is that Jesus came into a very sophisticated... This is when the time when He arrived on earth. He came into a very sophisticated religious system that had drawn many conclusions... About God and many of them were completely off. I'll give you a few examples. If you were if you were blind, people would walk around and say, That's God's punishment. You're being punished for something that you did, or maybe that your parents did. That was their mentality. And Jesus would answer that. That's not what God's like. That's not at all what God's like. Another one was, if something bad happened to you, an accident, if you got in an accident on the way here, psh, man, there's, there's, you got something going on. So why don't you just tell us? You know? So if you were having a bad time in your life, guess how you were feeling? And people would help you with that. They would just kind of pour it on. You're being punished. And Jesus would say, no, that's, that's, not, that's not what God's like. That's not Him. You have a bad understanding of who God is and how God is you know and I've even seen this in, in our culture today in different places of the world uh, another one is if you're rich if you were rich during Jesus's time guess what people thought you, you're blessed by God man he's with you he loves you you're right with him what if you're poor which the majority of the people on earth were you're cursed you're being punished there's something wrong with you. So this is the way that people were thinking. And today you can see a lot of people thinking a lot of things about God, but they're not not—they're not true. And so Jesus came to, to clarify. Who is God? What does He think? How does He interact? And Jesus would over and over again say, Hey, that's not what God is like. He's not like that. He doesn't think that way. And so He came to make God known. And one of the things that you'll notice about Jesus is, he didn't call. He could have called a big meeting like this. All the priests and the Pharisees. He could have called them and then called all the tax collectors. Had this huge meeting and tell everybody, guess what? You're all wrong. In fact, he would have gone. He could have gone around the room and go wrong, 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 and especially Solomon. Wow, wrong. Real wrong. He didn't do that. He didn't walk around saying. You don't talk right. You don't pray right. You're completely off. You don't treat each other right. He didn't do that. What did Jesus do? Jesus extended an invitation to all of us to follow Him. And He knew that by following Him, by walking with Him, people would come to the understanding of what's God like. Like we talked about last week, Matthew he invited Matthew to come and follow Him so that Matthew could really come to an understanding. What's God like? Who is He? How is He? And an interesting thing happened as people began to follow Jesus, something inside of them began to change. They started believing. They started You know, and the amazing thing is, we looked at last week, we looked at the book of Matthew. Matthew is a tax collector, really bad person, and now he's writing a book in the Bible. What's that tell you about the power of faith? But it all started by him following Jesus. Now, we're going to look at, today, we're going to look at belief. And one of the things that you're going to see about people in the Bible is they they didn't just believe in the things that Jesus was saying was true. But, like his, his philosophy or his morality or his ethics, that, that wasn't the limit of their faith. See, they, be, they believed, they began to believe that Jesus, he was uniquely sent from God and was God's son. A much higher level of faith than what we kind of kick around as believing in Jesus today. And one of the points that I want to kind of drive, if you forget anything else, if you forget the whole lesson, just want you to remember these four words. Following leads to believing. Following leads to believing. You see, because Jesus didn't go around and answer everybody's questions. He didn't pass out books and say, okay, if you read this book, you're going to have all the answers. If you take this course, you're going to have all these answers and you're going to have solid faith. What did he say? Come follow me. As you follow, your faith is going to grow. I want to ask you today, how's your faith? Really? And, you know, I know for me personally, I've had times where mountaintop faith, I've had times my faith is really low. And it always comes back to, how am I following and, and if you really, really would want to work on your faith, what would Jesus say? How would He tell you to work on your faith? Come follow Me. So, well, Jesus is not here. Y- yeah, He is. He's, He's right here. And as God would say it, He's everywhere. If you'll seek Him, if you'll look for a relationship with Him, you'll find Him. And that's one of the reasons why we really, really want to look at the Bible as, as the answer. Not opinion polls, not ideas that people are kicking around on, what's popular. Let's, let's go back to Jesus. Following is believing. Now here's a great example of what happened. Uh, there was a wild sermon that Jesus gave. And you can read about it one day if you'd like. John chapter 6, if you've taking notes, you can go back and read it. It's a wild sermon. Probably one of the wildest sermons you'll ever hear. And there were a lot of people. It was a very challenging sermon that Jesus gave. A lot of people, huge crowds were there. And guess what happened? The sermon was so wild that Jesus was giving. People in droves were saying, this is a hard teaching. Who can do this? And they started leaving. The crowds started, like today, you know, people started walking out, you know. I'm sure some of us would go, wait a minute. What's happening? And the twelve were, you know, they're in the front row, the twelve apostles, they're in the front row and they're going like, this is a hard teaching. Now, they didn't say anything. They knew better. They thought it. So lots and lots of people were leaving. And guess what Jesus turned around and said to them? He knew what they were thinking. you got to be careful with a friend that knows your heart. I don't know if I would want a friend that knew my heart. It'd be rough on our friendship. But, you know, you'd have to be honest. And that's what they had to be with Jesus. Jesus was It was an honest friendship. He knew their heart. He knew they were thinking it. So he challenged them. He said... So, you guys want to go too? Do you want to leave too? Do you want to walk away? Do you want to quit? And it's interesting. Here's a faith test for them. Look what Peter said. Simon Peter answered him, and this is in John 6, verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So, what does this tell you about Peter and the apostles' faith at this point after a really, really wild sermon? They didn't even understand the sermon. I'll break it down for you. Jesus said, You got to eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to follow me. And they're like, What? This is crazy. Now, he was using metaphors. He was talking about after. He was talking about internalizing his teaching, internalizing his heart, internalizing his relationship with God. But he said in a very graphic way that shook people, they didn't understand the sermon. They didn't get it. It went right over their head. But one thing they did know, they didn't have all the answers. One thing they did know, who Jesus was. Where else are we going to go, Jesus? You know, and one of the things that's very important for all of us when we're building our faith, and if you're in the process of building your faith, your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested by the crowds. See, because at some point, following Jesus is not going to be popular. It's not going to be in vogue. In fact, people may not like you because of your belief in Jesus. They may not like the way you are and who you are. And there may be a time when they read something in the Bible and they'll say, Hey, but what about this passage in the Bible? What about what your minister said last week? What about your church? And you're going to sit there and go, I don't know. Just like they did. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I've been put in that position as a minister a lot because I don't have a PhD in Bible. And I don't have all the answers. But one thing I know, who Jesus is. And I know who I'm following. And I know He's got the answers to what my life is in need of. And so this is what, this is what did it for him. This was a, a testimony of their faith. And so today if you're a skeptic, You know, for the skeptics in the house. And I know, you know, I was a skeptic at one time. My sisters were, you know, very hard, firm believers in Jesus. And they were starting to follow Jesus. And I was a teenager. And I'm like, "Ah." you know. And I would pick out all the problems. What was wrong with them? Even though my life was a wreck. I was a skeptic. And we're going to learn from somebody, the Apostle Paul. And we're going to look at a passage... He was an extreme skeptic. He was not just a skeptic. He thought Jesus and his followers were heretics and blasphemous. You know what blasphemous is? Blasphemous means that you, you are against God. You speak against God. You, you are taking God's name in vain. You are speaking curses in the name of God. That's how, that's how Paul felt about Jesus and his followers. So he sought to put all of them in jail. He would go around with letters and find people to arrest. And then, on a road to Damascus, the light went on. Or a light went on. This whole world changed. Jesus talked to him. He said, what are you doing? Hopefully that won't happen to you That'd be pretty scary. She said, "What are you doing? Why are you persecuting me, Paul? I'm the Son of God." His whole world stopped. And what was the invitation that Jesus gave to Paul? Follow me. In fact, follow my instructions. I want you to go to Damascus and I want you to meet with this guy, and this guy is going to teach you, and he's going to heal your blind eyes because you're not going to be able to see for three days. It was very simple. Follow me. Follow my teaching. And he not only went from being a believer in Jesus, he confessed that Jesus was the Son of God. He preached and risked his life for Jesus. That's an extreme. But if you're in that place, there's hope for you. If you're a skeptic, if you're somebody here, you got dragged here because you were bribed with lunch, Are you a bribe with, you know, you're going to find somebody, you're going to find a relationship, uh, you're going to find somebody you might like, you know, or, you know, some some people come up with all kinds of reasons to get you here, right? It happens, I understand. I would do it. I was invited to church for lunch, and I would go, and I said, I'm hungry, and I, I love this food that my sister cooks, and so I would go. But something happened, and we're going to look at a passage that really explains belief, explains faith how do you grow your faith by following and that's what paul did he followed so we're going to look at a passage here in romans chapter 3 great passage i would encourage you to go over it because we're not going to be able to look at it the way it needs to be looked at today but this is a passage that talks about faith now this is this is what happened to paul paul came a very traditional Traditional and that that sophisticated religious system of about 613 commands and rules, he came from that system, and he tried to earn. He tried to earn a right relationship with God. He says here, but now, a righteousness from God, apart from the law. That word righteousness, that word righteousness, it means being in a right standing with God. That's what that word means. But now. A right standing with God came from God, apart from the law. So he's saying, this is something new. You remember Moses and the Ten Commandments? This is apart from that. This is something new. Has been made known. Who made it known? Jesus did. He made it known to Paul. He says, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the Law and the Prophets testify. So you can be right with God apart from earning it. See, because most of us try to get right with God by what? By doing what? Good deeds, right? But some of us, some of us have done so many bad things in our lifetime, there's no way like Matthew, there's no way you can do enough. You can't, you can't get the balance out and the scales out and say, there's not enough time in my life. I'm, I'm 48. There's no way that I can make up for you know, all those years. I'm done. But see, Paul tried to do that. And he says this. And he said it was completely new, but he says, he says this, a right standing with God. And the truth of the matter is, everybody wants a right standing with God eventually. You will. You might not right now, but you will. I get a front row seat of this a lot. You see, when you're in the hospital and you're connected with tubes and you have these awkward smells in the hospital and then people try to they come and visit you in the hospital and they're trying to tell you positive things but your situation is bleak then you're going to start going what's next if this doesn't work out what's next and and then you'll want all these items you'll want a rabbit's foot in your pocket you'll want a star of david you'll you'll want a few you know candles you'll want a cross you'll want a crescent You'll want as many items as possible to try to cover the bases. You'll even try to have somebody who's, you know, of faith, like a me, you know, like a minister or a priest, or somebody show up at your hospital and say, hey, tell me something good here. Because when I go to the other side, I don't want to see darkness. I want to see someone with a smile. I want there to be light. I want it to be good. I want, it to, I want to hear something good when I cross over. See, then people are really motivated. To have a right standing with God. Everybody eventually wants it. You may not want it now, but you will. And that's what Paul's talking about. And he says, there is a way to have that. There is a way to have that in your life. And it's not the way that I try to do it. I try to do it like Paul's saying. I try to do it for so many years by earning it. I went around and I tried to obey this and obey that and I tried to put God and His commands in a box and I checked them off. I did this, I do this, I do this, and I do this. And then he came to the realization, I'm no good. In fact, he shares this dilemma in the next chapter or in one of the chapters of Romans, Romans 7. He says, I want to do good, but there's something in me that keeps dragging me down. It keeps pulling me down. I can't do good. There's not, in fact, there's nothing good in me. And when he heard this good news, he said, there's a way. And that's what he's talking about. This righteousness from God comes through faith. Comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So instead of earning your right state with God, guess what? God is offering Through faith in Jesus, you can have a right standing with God. You know how much that meant to me when I heard that? You know how much it still means to me to know know that today? That I can have a right standing with God? Not based on what I did this past week. Not what I did yesterday. Because even though I'm a minister, I'm not perfect. And I know you, and you know me, and we know who we are, right? Even though we're in church, we know what's going on, right? And God knows who we are. It's time that we own up. We, we can't do this. And so Paul's saying, through faith in Jesus Christ, you can obtain that that right that righteousness. He goes on to say in verse 20, 22, of Romans three, he says, "There's no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." Maybe you haven't done the same things as the person next to you, right? But you've done something, right? You you didn't do the same things, and you may not guilt, be the same ga- guilty in the same way that somebody else next to you is. And you can always find somebody else. There's a lot of people that are that are better than me. There's a lot of people worse than me, and we tend to lean towards the people that are worse than us to justify ourselves, right? At least I'm not like that. I'm a good person. Guess what this passage is saying? There's nobody. There's nobody that's really, really made it. There's nobody. You may be better than others, but let me tell you something else. You're worse than other people. So where does that put you with God? In and of yourself. And that's Paul saying, he said, none of us, all of us have sinned. All of us are short of the glory of God. Or what he's saying here with the glory of God, he's saying of the expectation of God. What's God's expectation? He's a perfect God. What's he expecting? Perfect? And I don't know if I can do perfect. In fact, the more I look at myself... I see perfect is very, very, very far away. Maybe my aunt. She was a lot closer to perfect than I was. Or you got some family member. And Paul's saying, "Listen, this is what this is what's out there." And so, if you need, if you need some perspective about whether you have sin, I would encourage you to talk to a close relative, somebody in your family. Right? No, I'm good, I'm good. Talk to them. Okay? They'll help you. In fact, they could give you a list. You know, husbands and wives, you you can help each other out a lot to draw this conclusion. There's no difference for all have... Yeah, that's you. Yeah, that's me. They'll give you examples. Illustrations. They could show you videos. Remember when? Oh, remember, see this picture? Remember what happened right before the picture? Remember what happened the day after this picture? So all of us. And that's, that's, that's the reality. That's what Paul is saying. and In and, and God's perspective, God's expectation, how do you get in a right standing with a God whose standard is so high? How do you do that? How do you get right with God? At that level. And Paul would say, You can never get there by trying to be good. You'll never make it. I tried. He was good at it too. He was probably up there in the top ten of righteous quote unquote people, but he had to come to the you know the, the reality of I'm not right. In fact, I'm way off. I'm very far from God. And, you know, this other thing that we try to, this game that we try to do is, is it won't work with weighing out the bad with the good. A lot of people try to do this. You know, they try to do enough good deeds to repair the bad deeds. And, and so they'll, they'll go around and serve the poor. They'll serve the community. They'll do this. And those are all, all, all great things to do. And we need to do those things. But you can't use good things that you do for other people as a way to offset who you are can't do it. I don't care if you're Mother Teresa. You can't outweigh one with the other. How can you repair the damage of the bad? How can you do that? You see, in my life, I've done so much damage, it's irreparable. I've done real hard things, hurtful things to people. You, you don't fix that. Basically, you have to own up. Yeah, I've fallen way, way, way short of God's expectation. I'm not going to make it. And then we read on. In verse 23, he says, There's no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified. What? Freely. Say it with me again. Freely. Don't you just like it? Freely. By what? By grace. You can't earn it. You can't do enough. It's a gift. And guess what? It's free. Do you believe free? Tell the truth. Do you believe free? I don't believe free. People call and they say, hey, if you dial and you call this number, you'll get something free. Do you believe that? If you log on to this website, you'll get something free. Do you believe that? Why don't we believe that? Because there's always a catch. I don't believe free. I don't believe free. And Paul's saying here in this case, it's really free. You can't earn it, you can't pay for it. It's a gift. See, what God offers us is so awesome, it's so powerful, it's so amazing. And all you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is believe. And put your full trust in it. A lot of us don't like that because they are saying, no, there has to be some catch. There has to be something. Read on in verse 24. Verse 23 and 24. God presented Himself as a sacrifice of atonement. This is for the Jews. This is for the people, the Jewish Christians in Rome. Which is even amazing that there were Christians in Rome because it was illegal for you to be a Christian in Rome at this time. And it says here, God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. You see, for a Jew, if you sinned, you couldn't just work it out. There had to be blood. He did this to demonstrate His justice. Because in His forbearance, He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His justice Justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. One thing that you need to understand about God is He is just. And you know all of us are just at some point. Because somewhere in your neighborhood, somewhere in your family, somewhere in your community, somewhere in this city, somewhere in the news, somewhere in the school, you've seen a situation. You've seen something be done. And you said... We can't let that slide. Somebody has to do something about that. That can't be passed over. We're not going to let that one slide under the rug. That is too much. That is is something that deserves. There has to be justice. Justice must be served. And we see it all the time in the news. And you get this angst inside of you going, No, that cannot be accepted. Somebody's got to do something about that. That's God. See, because with perfection comes expectation. See, whatever it is out there in the news that gets your angst and gets you so indignant, you go, no, that is wrong. Somebody's got to pay. See, that's God. Because He feels everything. And you want justice for certain things. And see, God got to that point that somebody's got to pay for what you and I have done. And then he says, Time out. I'm just, and I'm going to be the justifier. See, I'm just, and I want justice, but I'm going to be the justifier. I'm going to take your place. I'm going to step in for you because this can't just go. You can't just slide it under the rug. You just can't let it go. I am going to send my Son in your place because there must be, as Paul's saying right here, there must be justice. And how does that that settle with you? That you've got the, the God of justice yet taking the position of the justifier for you. That's powerful. You see, when you accept that, when you believe in that, it changes you. And see, a lot of us, we're trying trying to figure this thing out. We're trying to get right with God. And I don't know where your faith is right now, but probably one of the reasons why your faith is so weak is because you you started thinking and you stopped following. You want to figure things out instead of following and accepting. I don't have all the answers. I can't fix everything. But I can do this. I can follow Jesus. And I can accept His gift. And as you follow just like with Paul, just like with John, just like with Matthew, just like with many of us who are here today, when you start following, things start changing. Your expectations start changing. Your morality starts changing. And you see that you want to do good, which leads us into next week. So this this is a powerful point. And then he talks about belief here. And we're going to look at this. What, what is belief? Yeah, yeah, I agree with the teaching of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with the Bible. And, and yes, I have faith. See this, this pendant that I have right here on my neck? That, that No, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what Paul, that's not what the Bible talks about. Trust. Belief, as the Bible describes it, is you know your need and you can't do it yourself. And you're going to stop relying on yourself and you're going to get all in. Look at, look at what Peter said. He said, He Himself bore our sins in His body on a tree so that we might die to sins and live for what? Something changes. When you start following and you start accepting and you start really giving your, your trust and your heart to God and to Jesus, things start to change inside of you. It's not an intellectual thing where the light goes, bing, oh, I get it now. No, it's something that happens on the road to following. And some of you are waiting for some cool answer, some cool class, some cool book, some some enlightenment to fix your faith. Your faith will only be fixed by following. See, because following leads to faith. That's why Jesus didn't try to fix people and correct people. He said, come on, let's go. Come come follow me. And look what it says. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You know why Paul turned himself in? Because he knew he was a lost sheep. He didn't have all the answers. In fact, there was something gnawing at him. Why am I so filled with anger and fury and wanting to persecute these Christians? They're they're good people. They love God and they're so compassionate. And what am I doing? What's what's happened to me? By following these people and by following this system and by doing this, I'm I'm becoming a monster. I'm becoming this person that I don't want to be. I'm going astray. What the Bible's saying here is Jesus can be our shepherd and our overseer for what? For our souls. Do you have someone looking out for your soul? I know you're looking out for your bank account and for your future and for your lunch today and what's going to happen, but do you have somebody looking out for the most prized possession you have? Your soul. Jesus came to, to help us with that. And this is going to lead us into next week. When, when you have this kind of faith in Jesus, you realize, I must die. to the these things that I've been doing, this way I've been living, that's got to go. Because this isn't helping my relationship with God. And I don't really want to do those things anymore. I'm tired of those things. And you're going to stop trusting in you and you're going to start trusting in God. And I've made this analogy many times over. Some of us want to live our Christianity with one foot on the floor. right, Have it both ways. That's not faith. This is faith. This is Jesus. I'm putting all... All of my trust in Him. This is it. So I would encourage you today to, you know, and, I, and I'm not, my, 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 my goal today is not to persuade you to believe, because you're going to have to work that out. But what I want to persuade you to do is what Jesus pers- tried to persuade people to do start following. Start following Jesus. Start studying who He is. Look in in, in the Bible. Start studying the the, the Gospel of John that we read today. And you may not understand everything, but just, just try to start walking in His steps. Try to do what He did. And listen. And just like Matthew, just like Paul, start following. Start praying. Start imitating. And you can do this at any age. And I would imagine if you've gotten off track and your faith is weak, and it's become religion to you, probably the reason is is because you stopped following. Guess who you're following now? You're following you, or you're following this group of people. You're following the SoCal dream. And that's why your faith is weak. And then, you know, maybe next week you're going to hear some wild sermon. You're going to say, man, what was that? Or maybe you're gonna be in your faith group and and and, you know, Gabe's gonna be leading this wild faith group in front of Bible talk, you know, and it's gonna be, what was that? I don't know what to say about that. But one thing I do know, I know who Jesus is. And I'm all in with him. And your priorities start changing. So in this, I want you to weigh in on this. In verse 24, For He Himself bore our sins. He took our place. See, because we couldn't earn it. And that's what Paul was so fired up about. He said, this is the gift. This is the the free thing that you receive from God. There's no exchange. It's come follow me and watch what this does to you. Watch how this changes you. But I would allow it to go into your heart. And so right now we're going to pray and we're going to take the communion and we're going to remember what Jesus did. And what we do in the church is we, we celebrate the communion each week. We we uh, eat some bread to remember Jesus' body that was broken for us. And then we drink some grape juice to remember His blood that was poured out for us. And we do this to remember Jesus. So you're welcome to participate or, you know, if you're not there yet, I would, w- you know, just pass the plate by and... Think about what we've talked about today. Let's pray.